Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins' three-game series against the Cleveland Indians. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins managed to steal one away from the Indians in a three-game series. However, they did it in pretty exciting fashion, putting up quite a few runs on the board. Dan, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit more optimistic than I thought I would be going into this episode. I was pretty much close to the edge there, Dan. And even those first two games, I thought, this is the end. I'm ready to write them off. But today, Dan, this team showed what it can do when it's performing. What do you think? Well, the lineup did, David. The The bullpen didn't have to do much today, so we'll, well maybe see. that's the key to the success of well, the Twins, Dan. Again, this was a reminder of what baseball watching was like for us Twins fans in 2019, right? When they just hit a bunch of home runs and they scored a bunch of runs in the first inning and then, uh, and then they just dominated the rest of the way. So I guess I'm hopeful in that way about the lineup. The lineup, certainly this was a good day. Yeah, I think absolutely. And I think that this was a good series because it showed it showed the worst of the twins and the best of the twins. So it's kind of fun to see that dichotomy. And it had some wild stuff happen, Dan. We got a lot to talk about this uh, this episode for these games. So let's just go ahead and jump into the series recap. Series recap. Game one. This one was a heartbreaker, man. I really thought that the twins were going to be able to come out with a victory here. Tell me a little bit about what happened. You know, game one, David, man, you know, the twins again, they have a lead. It's one nothing and then it's two nothing. Barrios is kind of cruising through, you know, the first five innings or so. And then they have to give the ball to the bullpen. And that was just the undoing. I remember I was listening to the very end of this game because I was at one of the many Little League games that we have this week on our schedule. And it just felt inevitable, right? It just felt like this was a game they were going to lose after Duffy gives up that home run in the eighth inning to tie the game. And then, of course, the Twins had to go to extra innings. And, you know, they moved the turtle over one base, right? Um, we noted interesting. I remember we texted that Buxton didn't come in to pinch yes. run in that spot. And we thought that was, I was pretty nervous. crucial. I was nervous um, in that moment that Buxton was, was injured more seriously than the Twins were leading on. Because wouldn't that just be the perfect ending here to this stretch, to this month, right? Um, and then Colome comes in and does what Colome does. He gave up a home run, um, which I Shots guess would have meant if Buxton scored, then it wouldn't have mattered. So I guess that's game one. What else would you add about it? It was interesting phrasing that you offered up that they had to go to the bullpen. And uh, this, is actually an, <laughs> this is actually a situation where they did have to go to the bullpen uh, based upon rules that apparently the manager of the Minnesota Twins was unaware of, Dan, that you can't go visit a pitcher a second time in one inning without taking him out. Right, because the pitching coach, Wes Johnson, had already been out. Which was a good visit, by the way. It seemed to calm Barrios down. He seemed to kind of settle himself. And then Rocco said, you know what? I think I'm going to go out there and see if he wants to stay out there for another guy or if I'm going to pull him. And then he had to pull him, right? Yeah, That decision was was made for him, certainly. It was was awkward. But Kirloff, right? I mean, Kirloff was a bright spot here. Yeah, his first major league hit. And one thing I want to say about Kirloff is that I love his aggressiveness. Truly, what I think it comes from is watching Buxton. Buxton, I think it was Dave St. Peter who once said that Buxton thinking two 
no matter where he hits the ball. A grounder to short, and Buxton is thinking, I'm going to two here. And I think Kirilov kind of had that same mindset. Now, we do have to point out that in game two, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but Kirilov did get thrown out at second by your guy, Eddie Rosario. I was, that was in my notes, David. I was so excited to mention that. I was so torn on that play. Who to root for? Who <laughs> yeah. to root for? I texted you. I knew that you would be having some sort of eternal struggle for what, whether you should cheer or boo in that moment. No, I cheered. Uh, he didn't have a great series, I didn't think, for the Indians. Uh, well, um, game one, he did okay. He went two for four here, so he had a decent game one, certainly. That's true. Uh, but in game two, he was 0 for four. And then in game three, I believe he had one hit. Oh, game um, three, Eddie looked terrible. Well, uh, it, th- that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very Eddie series here. So <laughs> one good game, two bad. Um, no real base running errors, unfortunately. But let, let's keep pushing here, Dan. I mean, game one, again, a little bit of a heartbreak. It seems like the Twins had a chance and they gave it away between Duffy giving up a home run and Colome, as Dan so so nicely referenced. Colome did what Colome does. Push forward to game two, Dan. What do you think of this one? So game two here, the Twins get a couple runs early, David. And then again, it just felt like game one where they, they gradually they slipped away. The game slipped away from them again. And that was what was so hard about these first two games is they've had some stinkers in this losing streak. But these two games were just so hard because it's like, don't you think they would find a way to win these games? I was surprised by their inability to pull out one of them because it feels like they've been in this spot a lot. I was just looking. They've had nine save opportunities this season and only converted four. And That's... I know today wasn't a save opportunity. I know game two wasn't a save opportunity, uh, but it felt like that kind of game where they just needed to just get a run late. And I saw, you know, Buxton gets that home run in the eighth inning to draw the win in 5-4. And then again, another column a collapse. Yeah, this was interesting, especially after the collapse the night before to bring him in again. And we've talked about this before, but going to the same guy, especially day after he'd pitched and not pitched well, it's it's like, really, is this is this the wisest choice here? Personally, I think that in this one, it didn't, I mean, yes, 5-4. Were they probably going to win this game anyway? No. No. But, but at the true. same time, try somebody else. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, like, do do something different. I think I think one thing that was troubling about this game was it was another poor start by Kenta Maeda, your guy. Yeah, my guy, who I truly thought was going to have another season, is build off the success of last year. Currently, the season ERA is six point five six, Dan, which is just it's ugly. This game was bad. Eight hits, five run, all of them earned, only three strikeouts, and given up three home runs, Dan. But you know what? At least this team has J Hap. Honestly, that's what it feels like, right? As we're pushing forward to Game Three, the one bright spot, and the reason why I'm somewhat optimistic about this team where yesterday I was ready to become a soccer fan, Dan. Well, again, with Jay Happ, right? His ERA is 1.96 right now, David. I don't think either of us saw this coming, right? That he would be the most consistent starter on this team so far. Not at all. And he looked great. And I think that's really the key to this team being successful is not having to use the bullpen, Dan. (laughs) Because today Jay Happ pitches seven innings, two runs, four hits. And again, none of this mattered because the Twins had a 6 nothing lead early. Yes. Um, and then Dobnak comes in and then just kind of cleans up the end. I, I do wonder at some point, well, I, now I look at Dobnak's ERA, it's 8.74. So maybe he isn't the guy you bring in. I mean, this is a good spot for him, but but I don't know who they can rely on in this bullpen right now besides Taylor Rogers. It, yes, that's a good point. And especially about Dobnik, because he has seemed to struggle a little bit when coming in these long relief roles, which is the role that I wanted him in. So my managerial managerial excellence, Dan, is on full display here. <laughs> Basically, everything I've wanted to have happen and the decisions I've made have led to terrible turmoil. Last episode, we talked about Smeltzer. And when he came in for relief duty, again, that game was a loss anyway, but he pitched wonderfully. So you kind of got to wonder if another opportunity arises and Smeltzer's with the club and you 
have Dobnik or Smeltzer, maybe Smeltzer gets that tip, Dan. You know, I was so distracted there because you said Arises, and I was trying to make a Louise Arise pun in my head, and I just couldn't come up with one. <laughs> my so you, goodness. You could have said anything there after that. I, I guess, and, and we, we have beleaguered the bullpen earlier. That is obviously the biggest question about this team right now. What happens to the bullpen here? It's still it's still early, and we're not to that 40-game mark that we said we're going to kind of reevaluate. However, true. for the Twins to get to 500, it is going to take some work uh, in order to get to that that sort of 500 plateau prior to that 40 game mark. Well, they win seven more in a row here, David, and they're back to 500. You know, seven in a row seems unlikely, but I think that I honestly, the way this game went, it kind of, it just feels like a game that they're going to build off of, doesn't it? Like I, the Pirates win even last week, that just felt like, yeah, they won, but it wasn't like, was it this kind of win? This just felt like, hey, we're the Twins, we have confidence back. I, I don't know. That's why I'm optimistic. It just felt like they can build off of this. Well, and they do and they do come home. This team does seem to thrive at Target Field. So let's see let's see how they do in these next seven. But we should we're getting ahead of ourselves, David. We have we have a recap to do and Puckett's picks for me to hopefully miss. Catch them all, Kirby Puckett. Puckett's picks winner. So Puckett's picks here. I don't know that I want to talk about Puckett's picks today. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So uh, each series, the listeners, Dan and I each get to choose a player who we think is going to perform exceptionally well in the series upcoming. And this last series for the Cleveland Indians series, the listeners took Cruz, Dan took a rise, and I, in my infinite wisdom, took Buxton. So uh, I think that's just my absence of wisdom there. I had the chance to take Buxton. What was I thinking? The listeners took Cruz, who had nine points, which is certainly respectable. And this season specifically, that will win you a lot of weeks of Buckets picks. Dan took a rise who came away with one solid point and uh, I took Buxton as I said who finished with 16 points so quick look at the season standings for those of you who care. I am now tied with the listeners at three wins and four losses and Dan Thompson folks your 2020 reigning champion is currently at one and six. Let's just it's a long season David if the twins can pull out of this hole I think I can too. All right (laughs) let's keep moving. Yeah beast versus bench. Beast versus bench is losing fun is losing fun i don't know if there's much discussion to be had on the beast front what do you got for me it's got to be byron buxton he goes five for five today out of the leadoff spot he was two for four in game two and then in game one he didn't play my point that i want to make about buxton though is the most impressive thing is those two seemingly routine grounders to second or short that he beats out by like a half step not just beats out, Dan. One of those was a base hit up the middle between the second baseman and the sh- and the shortstop, and he got to second. And it's, like, it's like, what what just happened here? Like I'm watching, and all of a sudden, like, and Buxton's in with a double, and I'm thinking, how is that possible? It's so fun to watch him to watch him do that because I did kind of panic today. I think it was on his fourth hit, his fourth hit of the game where he singles, and he kind of hit the back of the base a little bit awkwardly yeah, when yeah. he ran over it. He obviously was okay. He kept playing, but he's so fun to watch. And the confidence that he's playing with, this is the confidence that I feel like he has lacked, you know, because he'll he'll have good spurts in his career. But what a month. This has got to be the best month of his career. Yeah, I think it's very good. And he he's sort of hitting that mark that we always thought that he could hit. Yeah, he's leading the, the American League now in home runs with eight. 64 at-bats. I'm just excited for the 64 at-bats. Yes, right? He's fifth correct. on the team with at-bats. Um, 28 hits. He's got eight doubles, eight homers. Uh, ironically, no triples yet. Nelson Cruz has more triples than Byron Buxton right now. Who'd have thought And it? maybe more infield hits. It's got to be close. It's pretty <laughs> it's, nuts. I do think that in these first two games of the series and in the Pirates series, it's like, do the Twins think that Nelson needs to lose some weight? Because I feel like they keep putting him in positions where they're making him run. And it's like, why is it? The reason Nelson is here is because he wants to never have to run ever. And right. both in this series <laughs> right. and the last one, he's been forced to really put the wheels on. Here's my question, I guess. Where do you put Buxton with the way that he's playing? 
currently, like ideally. Yeah, I want him in the three. I think he's great in the three. And then you have Nelson Cruz because you don't want Nelson Cruz to be on second with Byron Buxton at first. And and now that's going to give Cruz even more chances to bring in runs because now with Arise and Donaldson and Buxton with all of their on-base percentages so high that's the thing, right now, right? Um, you figure one of them's getting on base in front of Nelson Cruz. And then if he hits a home run, it's a two-run homer. Exactly to that point, right? How often is there going to be a time where it's a one, two, three, first inning with those three guys at the top of the lineup? Well, let's go ahead and push forward to the bench, Dan. I would call him a, this is the strange thing for me, is that Rocco Baldelli talks about how they need to find a new role for him. Why didn't they figure that out after he gave up the home run in game one? Why is he out there trying to preserve a close game? I just want to, I don't, so Baldelli didn't want to put him in in such high leverage situations. Well, it's a 5-4 game. You just pulled within a run. It's a road game in a key situation. Why is he out there at all? Rocco was saying that he was going to give Colum chances in lower leverage situations. And just because it's not necessarily the closing role that doesn't necessarily mean it's lower leverage and we've been talking about this Dan all season long that you want your best pitcher on the mound in those high leverage situations they don't have to happen in the ninth inning and and to his defense this team has had so few low leverage situations yes. for relievers to come in. I, I think that's the bigger issue. You know, what do you do for Rock? If you're Rocco, you need these guys to step up and they're just not doing it. And to to your earlier point, then a game like today where the twins are up early and potentially they, they could have gone and, and kind of used these arms in lower situa- in lower leverage situations. They just haven't had very many of them at all. Who's your bench? Who, who do you have? You don't have Colome. Uh No, I have Simmons on my bench. First game, 0 for 4 with two runners left on base in a strikeout in game two. 0 for 3, three runners left on base. Game 3, 0 for 4, and just couldn't seem to produce any offense the entirety of the series. I know that he's coming back from COVID, and as long as he's still solid in the field, I know we didn't expect offensive from him, but some form of offense, I mean anything, get on base at least. Come on now, Simmons, let's get it together. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not as harsh with him about that because he's been batting so low in the lineup. But over 11 doesn't it, count. As well, harsh, it's just over 11 it's just doesn't the, call for harsh treatment. Who else would you put in right now? Hang on, that's that is a backwards <laughs> way to think about this, Dan. Oh, well, well, I'm not saying that he shouldn't. This is a fundamental misunderstanding you have about the bench proposition here. This isn't like, oh, yeah, let's actually put him on the bench. We're saying that he played as a spot deserving of the bench. So it's not I'm not like saying, oh, yeah, we should actually bench Simmons next series. Mike. OK. Goodness, All man. right. Well, I just, you know, I figured listeners should know. Right. Yeah. What you really mean by that. We really need to clarify this, folks. When when we give someone the bench, that doesn't mean that they that we should bench that player moving forward. That simply means that we think that they played poorly in the previous series. They belonged on the bench. All right. Is losing fun, David? Is losing fun? <laughs> let's let's keep going. Rocco's rewind. Rocco's rewind. Well, then we have a couple of things to talk about here. We do. We Believe do. It you not, g- you go Rocco. first. How about you? Well, go first. okay. So we need to talk about the mishap that happened with Barrios. So <laughs> Barrios gets pulled from this game by accident. Rocco intended to leave Barrios in after he spoke with him. Now, the umps were very confused about this when um, when Rocco came out of the dugout because at that point, the twins have to take Barrios out. Rocco, apparently blissfully unaware about this, uh, just walks back to the dugout without without actually bringing Barrios with him. So, he, I just, a major league manager, Dan, 
a major league manager isn't aware of one of the like what five rules that actually have anything to do with his job like so, truly <laughs> you need to know the rules i get that you need to know the rules like you should know every single rule in baseball as a as a manager of a baseball team however dan the actual rules that matter to you as a manager that you must know that you must know i would say dan probably in that set of rules you should know that if you go out to the mound a second time in an inning you have to take that pitcher out do you think that he, anybody was new in the bullpen? Like, does somebody say, Rocco, wait, you can't go. Oh, he's too far. He's gone. Like, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I don't, I don't, I'm just trying to wonder what that would look like. Can you see Cruz being like, uh, hey, uh, Rocco, just so you know, I know you're younger than me, but uh, there's really no excuse for you not realizing that you can't go out there. Well, it was strange, David. It was strange. And I mean, did you know it at the time? Did you recognize what was happening? No, at the time I didn't. But Dan, I don't manage the twins. Did you know? <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking about it in that very moment either. But yeah, that that is that was crucial. Do you think it was costly in the end? You know, it probably didn't when all said and done. Like, I don't know how much more Barrios had in the tank to begin with. And so obviously Rocco was considering pulling him out because they had uh, Robles up in the bullpen. You know what? It might have been that. Like, Rocco went out to the mound thinking that he was going to pull him. Jose said, hey, you know what? I think I can get this last guy. Rocco said, okay, we'll leave you in, not remembering that Wes had made the trip out to the mound earlier. So I can understand it. Like, I don't mean to be so harsh with him, but at the same point, you needed to be thinking about that when you're going out to the mound that, hey, this guy has to come out. Well, do you have more to say? Well, I do have one other thing because there was a big there was a big thing happening on the Twins website that talked about Rocco calling a team meeting. I think that Rocco got in the room with these guys and he said, guys, you know, I'm pretty chill. Right. And you know that I'm not really a baseball manager. Like, yes, I manage a baseball team, but I'm not like a normal manager. Like I'm a player's manager. Right. I let you guys do what you want. You come in whenever you want. It doesn't really matter. You don't start winning games. You don't start winning games. And I'm going to start being a manager. So you get your act together. And I what think that's think? all it took. What That's do you think Nelson Cruz was thinking during, like, did, did he just point at Nelson Cruz during this? Like, <laughs> he was napping. He's actually he wasn't been, actually there. Yeah. He wasn't in the meeting. Okay, so much is made of these of these times when baseball teams have these moments, right? Because you can only have so many moments in a season if you're a manager or a coach. It always kind of baffles me that it takes a moment like this. Why does it take a moment like this yeah. to get a team to play better? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the psychology of it, but it, it seemed to have worked. It worked before game three. It did. It's really hard to blame him for, for kind of making a big deal about this meeting. But again, we'll see if it's just sort of the short burst or if this is actually the time when the team's going to turn it around. Man, you so, are really on a roll there with Rocco here. I, I, this you is know, quite the rewind. a lot to say. What, what do you have there for I Rocco have just there? one last thing. So I And it's a praise because, you know, I'm going to praise him after you uh, beat him it up. It does well. seem that way. My um, goodness. At least Rocco lately, it's been Eddie, that way. One, two in your heart, Dan, it seems. <laughs> well, Alex Kirilov's getting pretty close there, too, because I loved having him so high in the lineup. I know it was bold. I know the, I know the lineup has struggled, and so you figure you might as well just pull the names out of the hat from five through nine. But he looks good, and he looks good up there. And I was, I think, I forget if it was the broadcast team for, was it Roy Smalley who was, who was helping with the games? Uh, yes, correct. So he made the point that if Kirilov can hit like this or, you know, hit the ball hard in the way that he is, first of all, he's going to get hits. Um, but second, the protection that that's going to give the top four in this lineup, the Arise, Donaldson, Buxton, and Cruz, that's going to make especially Cruz, I think, thrive if there's a lefty right behind him who can hit like that. And if they can ever get Miguel Sano going again and he can be sixth right there, what a great lefty-righty 
in, in the middle of that lineup that I think could be really solid. So hopefully this is the Kirilov that we're going to see going forward. Yeah, you would hope so. And to your point and to Royce Molly's point, Kirilov should have more hits than he does. Mm-hmm. He has had some very bad luck with his batting average on balls in play. He has smoked the ball and has just been hit right at somebody. He truly looks like a guy who is going to contribute to this team and i think that that's why i don't think you can sit him down if he had an over four day if two of those balls could have easily been hits and i like in 26 at bat tilney has six strikeouts it's encouraging to see kirilov come up and play this well when looking at the guys who you have options for as far as those triple a guys right now i think he easily can take kirilov over rooker but it it just seems like he seems like the guy to to go with here moving forward Uh, minnesota moment david what do you got Minnesota moment. Yeah, I think it has to be the three three home run first in, in this game. And I think on top of that, continuing to add runs as the game progressed. That hasn't been something this team has done all season long, and it was great to see him finally do it. That's all I really have here, Dan. What do you got? So I have two. I'm going to go back first to Duffy giving up the home run in game one that tied the game. I thought <sighs> that, that was... I say Minnesota moment because it was a crucial moment in this series. I think if he can hold that there, I think the Twins are probably going to win that game. It avoids extra innings. Or maybe Colome blows it in the ninth instead of the tenth. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but at least, so that was a key moment. But then Buxton's five-hit game today. We have talked about how good he's been all month. Can he get any better? (laughs) Um, I mean, to just the way that he showed it in so many ways. He showed power. He showed speed um, in in both aspects, right? Just just the trouble that he can cause teams just by being in the lineup, just by being scrappy, um, is so big for this team. I don't I don't want him in the leadoff spot every night, but um, because of the his power potential, I think I'd rather have more guys on base potentially in front of him. I know Arise got the day off today, but man, five hits in one game. One thing here, Dan, you just said that Buxton is scrappy. And I, I don't look at Buxton and think scrappy. You don't think scrappy? No, because I think that he, I understand what you're saying. Like he produces havoc on the base paths and he gets these hits and he tries to make singles into doubles. But the way that he does it, he seems like a powerhouse, man. Maybe. Like, you know <laughs> Maybe what I'm scrappy saying? Like, undersells him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you kind of think of a thin guy who just happens to be effective with his speed. That's not really what Buxton is because even his speed, Dan, seems like it comes from a place of power. He just seems like he's a guy who has a lot of confidence. And so that's why I, I guess I just don't like the word the word scrappy because it seems like it speaks to overconfidence. And I don't think that's what Buxton has here. I think he has confidence that is perfectly level with his abilities currently. And you know what? If they get guys like Kirilov hitting two, um, that's going to be... I mean, we are potentially looking at... I, we're getting way ahead of ourselves in, in many ways. I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But if Kirilov can play to the level of an all-star level, which I think he's capable of, at some point here, you... You don't, you're squinting at me. Like, I don't, you don't believe that. Maybe. I, don't, I don't think yet, but I don't think he needs to yet. So well, I, I understand what you're saying that, yes, this would be a formidable team if Kirilov could play to that level. I don't think he needs to, especially with, with Kepler coming back and whatnot. He needs to, to get his hits. He needs to do what he needs to do in the field. And I think that he is a, he is a great piece for this team right now, but I don't think he needs to like accelerate to all-star level for this team to be effective or, or even a winning baseball team. Well, this is leading well, I think, into Maurer's musings david i just don't know how it can get any better mauer's musings i feel like i've said this like six times already so i'm gonna go first just so we can knock it out of the uh out of the way here but was this the one win that was needed to turn the season around dan and truly the more we talk i don't know how i'm so optimistic because after honestly (laughs) after yesterday's game i was like i don't know about this and then today dan i'm feeling good so i i want to know is this the game that's going to do it for him so i think for the lineup yes i still want to know what the bullpen can do 
I want to know if Wes Johnson is having all of these great conversations with everybody because they said he had a great conversation in bullpen session with Colome and then he didn't pitch very well. <laughs> well so not, so do I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, I have I have I have trust in Wes Johnson because of the work he's done the last couple of years. Yes. But I want to see what he can do here with this team over the next week or so. And not even just the bullpen, right? But also the starting pitchers. Can he get Maeda back on track? Can he hit Pineda on track? I know Pineda had kind of one bad start in that Pittsburgh series. So I'm not there yet. So let's let's dive in a little bit real quick just so people understand. So right now we have guys coming back likely against the Royals. So it'll be Garlic and Kepler almost certainly coming back. And then Sano is also close. So Dan, who stays on this roster when those guys come back? I know. And, and we were talking about this pregame. So we see kind of five candidates and I think we can probably eliminate some early. So we see Rooker, Kirilov, Lynn, Cave, and Astudio as potentially the five guys who could come out. I'll, I'll pick first. Can we do it this way? Yeah, yeah, this is good. So I'm going to pick Lynn first. I think he hasn't played much. I think he played in the field a bit. That's I don't, the I think, easiest one. That's the well, easiest one. Well, that's why I'm taking it's the, it's the first <laughs> pick. All right, you, you next. You next. Well, I, now I don't know. Now it's hard. <laughs> uh, I springed it on you. I, yeah, Lynn is you, first. You did. I, assuming that, oh man, I think it's Rooker. That's what I think. I think Rooker comes off and Kepler comes on. So, and I think Lynn comes off and then Garlic comes on. That's what and, I think is going to happen second. So now who do you got, Dan? Well, and see, now I have the tough one because I have to pick. It's not going to be Kirilov coming off. I think Kirilov stays. Um, I think it's Jake Cave. Wow. Don't you think? I Because Estudio I, has shown the, the flexibility to play first base and other spots, which it's not like he's not using his flexibility right now. He's been playing in other spots. So I think Jake Cave, I mean, he, Cave's not having a great year. Here's my argument. I, I agree with you there. Who plays center field if Buxton's not? Yeah, in? I guess that's a good point. I mean, and, if Kepler's back on the roster, Kepler moves over. But then, honestly, that's what I think is saving Cave from being sent down or, or being sent through waivers to try and have the Twins keep a, a tag on him. I think that because he can play center field and he's a natural center fielder, that's what's keeping him on the roster. Well, I'll say this. I think it should be Cave that gets sent down, whether it is or not, is up for debate. The guy does have 66 at-bats. That's the fourth most on the team right now. I mean, he's been as much of a starter as anybody on this team. So, yeah, but he hasn't been good. He's got 28 strikeouts. Here's the thing, Dan. What if that doesn't become an option, and what if just Garlic doesn't get called back up? Yeah, I could see that, too. Garlic is not really needed on this team. He just plays left field. What do you do with him? The more I think about it, the more I think that it's it's disappointing anytime a guy is going to kind of lose his starts due to injury, and that when he tries to come back, they're not there for him any longer. Kind of looks like that's what happened, Dan. What are they going to do about all the vampires, David, without their garlic? <laughs> this might be the last <sighs> chance I get to make that joke, so I thought I should, I should no, sneak we'll it in now. we'll see him again. We'll see him again, I bet. Uh, let's. We have gone way long here, Dan. Let's keep moving here to series grades. Series grades. I'm going with a D because I think that this was a series they should have won. They should have won game one or game two, and they didn't. D. See, I'm I'm more optimistic. I'm going to give them a C, and I normally wouldn't do this when they lose a series. I'm going to give them a C because that speaks to the optimism I have, Dan, for them to be better than average. They're going to be better than a C. They're going to they're going to build upon this average outing, Dan. Your grading mechanisms and the manner in which you grade, David. You, I hope you never teach. <laughs> I, hang, on, hang on this is okay if we go back through the history especially this year thus far i would argue that your grades have been far more swingy than my grades. you think so you mean the f during the pittsburgh series was a little uh, bit yes. uh, a little bit where they cruel. had a win yeah i do think uh, well, that i'm that was trying to silly. motivate through poor grades david that works all the time right <laughs> let's keep moving here to puckett's picks for the royal series and we'll see you tomorrow night. puckett's picks 
So the listener here, I was, I reached out to a listener and he said, let me read you his text. He said, can't go against Buxton right now. Ooh. Uh, Ooh so, he, so Buxton to the listeners, which troubles me, but impresses me because here's the thing now i don't have to not take buxton right i can always if, say well dan, I have, if you yeah. if you didn't take buxton and he was I available know. oh my so who are you gonna take then dan all right i'm gonna go with alex kirilov you know you you do this i don't understand it may work out for you but you are always so willing to just take a chance on truly a name out of a hat type bra and i it's just so funny to me the way that you think sometimes well, you're like you know what? i'm trying i'm trying to take the guy who's on the cusp of greatness in the next series right it worked for me last year a couple times with snow this strategy has lived david for a season it's just not working very well it's like infield in david right oh my. sometimes let's, it works let's not go who, back into who are you taking who i'm are taking cruise it's not even a question yeah, well, I assume that's who you would have taken. I would have taken. Been, yeah. Had you taken Cruz, I would have taken uh, Donaldson. So okay, all right. Uh, there we are. We are all set up here, Dan, for the upcoming series against the Royals at home. Only the uh, third series against an AL Central opponent, the AL Central leading Kansas City Royals, Dan Thompson. I was going to say, so the Twins could cut the deficit. They're six and a half back from the Royals right now. A sweep then, mathematically, would make it three and a half. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're right back in it. Yeah, I think, honestly, at this point, I don't care so much about the standings. I just want them to get back to 500. Here's the stretch. They got the Royals, the Rangers, the Tigers, the White Sox. This is a key stretch here, these next four series. It has to be done. You have to come away with with several more wins and losses here. I mean, they haven't won a series since the Tigers series in early April, David. If you are going to show yourself to be a team that has been misjudged thus far and just had some bad bounces this season, now is the time to show it. Because in the national media, Dan, if you look at the power rankings, the Twins have dropped like a rock, as they should. Like, as I'm not blaming should. the guys yeah. who do the power rankings. Maybe I'm blaming them because they, they got my hopes up at the beginning of the season. Maybe that's what I'm upset about. Well, here's the thing. The Twins have, you know, they've got a top 10 lineup right now, even as poorly as they've played. It's the pitching staff. they got to get pitching sorted out. All right, we should we should head out. I'm going to take us out here, David. I'm going oh, to set my ship a sail. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Min for the Win. You can also find Min for the Win on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you know every time a podcast comes out. If you could leave us a rating, that would be great as well. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Twins. That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!